Mikey's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. It's the Mark K Show. Listen, like, share. It is the Mark K Show, and it has been one week, one week with Donald Trump uh, at the helm of our country, and pretty good week. So, man, I'll tell you what, I think this has been one of the best weeks ever to steal a phrase from uh, VH1. Is that show even on? I don't even know. I don't even. I don't even know if I still get VH1. Listen, my name is Mark K, and thank you so much for joining me. If you are watching on Facebook, I would love for you to share this broadcast with your friends and family. I'd love for you to share that because I think they're really going to enjoy it. And as always, hopefully learn something too, because we look to you know we look not only to inform you, but also entertain you, entertain you, and also inform you. Interform you? Is that even a thing? Can you inform someone? I want to inform you today of some uh, entertainment. <laughs> That's great. What, you know, it, what, it's Friday, and I'm so excited, more excited than most uh, people should be. Couple reasons why. First of all, uh, before we get into the doomsday clock, before we get into the doomsday, the fake news that is the doomsday clock, rest assured it is the epitome of fake news, and I'll explain all that first. I want to share with you something uh, from yesterday's broadcast. Yesterday, I, I put together a video compilation called uh, How the Protesters Stole Inauguration Day. A lot of you had a lot of really nice things to say about it. Some of you uh, said, said it was genius. Some of you shared it several times in various different groups. Others of you said, LOL, 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 uh, Some of you just used emoji faces that meant others of you were not so happy with it. Uh, you thought some of my rhymes could have been stronger. Uh, you uh, didn't like some of the photos I used. Um, some people just thought it was stupid. That that you know what when I when you put yourself out there, all that's going to happen, and and I'm okay with that. I'm cool with that. Uh, I I'm just glad that some of you enjoyed it. I'm just glad that some of you enjoyed it. Uh, what happened though is once I put it out on Facebook, and once I put it out uh, on YouTube, it got picked up by a lot of people, and one of them was my good friend uh, Herman Kane, who put the video as you can see on the front page. On the front page of his website, Herman Cain dot, I want to say it's TV. I should probably know the website address. Uh, but just, you know what? Go to Google. Google Herman Cain. It's the first thing that comes up. And uh, and he wrote this very nice, he wrote a lovely little uh, thing about it. He said something like, uh, like you know, my friend Mark K is hilarious. Because that's, that's, that's how he talks uh, when he says stuff. And he goes, yo, check out this video. All apologies to Dr. Seuss. Uh, and then he goes, but, but watch this for the next three minutes. You will laugh with laughter. Cause that's, uh, again, that's my Herman Cain, uh, impression. I think it's, I think it's pretty spot on. So he put it on his website. A couple of other people picked it up and it's just been, it's been a whirlwind 40, uh, 24 hours since I first played that. It's also on yesterday's podcast too. So, uh, I've been having a lot of fun with it. I hope you had a lot of fun with it. I know a lot of people did. And uh, and that's yeah, I appreciate Herman Cain doing that. By the way, I will be filling in for Herman Cain. He's taking off February the sixth and February the seventh. I'm not I'm not trying to start any rumors. I don't want to uh, you know play conjecture. I don't know what his plans are. When they ask me to fill in, they say these are the days, these are the times. Yes or no? We need you have ten seconds to comply. And I always say yes because it's so much fun to uh, to fill in for Herman Cain. But I did notice after I said yes that February 6th is a Monday, not just any Monday. It is the Monday after the Super Bowl. It is the Monday after the Super Bowl. And what that and who is in the Super Bowl this year? Atlanta, the Atlanta Falcons. And where does Herman Cain live and broadcast from? Atlanta. So I believe 
I believe that either A, Herman Cain is planning to go to Houston for the Super Bowl to watch the Atlanta Falcons take on the New England Patriots, or he's just planning to party his ass off and he's not sure he'll be able to wake up at 9 a.m. the next morning to do the show. Either way, uh, that is February 6th and 7th. I will be filling in uh, on all of Herman Cain's stations on his show, so you can watch that and hopefully enjoy it. Okay, once again, if you are listening on Facebook and you're watching on Facebook, please take a moment here to share this broadcast. We want to build as big an audience as possible. We want as many people uh, learning and, and, and laughing along with us, especially laughter today is going to happen because one of the most laughable news stories uh, so far this year, and I get, you know what, it's, it's, it's quite laughable because not only is it not really a news story, but every news organization has glommed onto it. And it is the doomsday clock. Are you familiar with the doomsday clock? This is, this is what the doomsday clock looks like. Okay. This is it. Bulletin of the atomic scientist. It is two and a half minutes to let me move that up a little bit. Oh wait, I think I just moved something else. Uh, the doomsday clock scientists moved it up two and a half minutes. Okay. The doomsday clock has been moved up two and a half minutes closer to midnight. Now, I know what you're thinking. Mark K., what exactly is a doomsday clock? Great question. I I Googled it. I went to Wikipedia, and I found out that the doomsday clock is a symbolic clock face, meaning it has no actual value, merit, and it measures nothing. Uh, It represents a countdown to possible global catastrophe. It was started in 1947 by the members of the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists, Science and Security Board, who were in turn advised by the Governing Board and the Board of Sponsors, including 18 Nobel laureates. That is what the Doomsday Clock is. A group of scientists got together and decided that they knew how close we were to uh, global uh, extinction. They knew how close we were to the end of the world. In fact, they even print up these reports. This is the latest one. This one came out yesterday. Let me show you. I have a little snippet from the press conference uh, yesterday for the doomsday clock. Uh, Watch this. This risk is continuing to accelerate. So in addition to everything that's being said about uh, a potential restarting of an arms race with nuclear weapons, uh, this risk of climate change and the fact that Although the science community absolutely understands it, they understand its threat, uh, the political community has really not taken this to account yet. And a combination of all of these is why we see at at the board, at the bulletin, uh, the clock back to levels not seen in over 60 years. All right. So these scientists on this board got together and they all decided that we're a little bit closer to uh, global extinction. And the reason is because Donald Trump was elected president He's uh, talking strong about nuclear policies, and he uh, also is talking, uh, you know, he's, he's basically uh, condemning or, or denying climate change. In fact, let me read you the actual statement, because every time they, they boost up the clock, they have a statement. Uh, two and a half minutes. They moved it up 30 seconds. Due to the rise of nationalism, United States President Donald Trump's comments over nuclear weapons, the threat of a renewed arms race between the U.S. and Russia, and the disbelief in the scientific consensus over climate change by the Trump administration. Therefore, the doomsday clock is now at two and a half minutes toward uh, midnight or closer to midnight, and that is the closest it's ever been to midnight, midnight being doomsday, since 1953. All right, so this seems fun. Uh, This report, by the way, if you've never seen it, this is exactly, I want you to pay attention, I want you to take a look at this. This is exactly what fake news 
looks like. All right, this is this is the epitome of fake news. This is fake news incarnate. This is, this is from the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists. This is a very official looking report that was released by a group of men who claim to be learned, and they are claiming that they know how close we are till the end of time. Now, I would like to deny everything in this report based on one scientific principle, and I am not a scientist. I'm not a scientist. I failed chemistry. I failed biology. I took algebra twice, not because I liked it, but because I had to to get the credit. Uh, in college, I studied astronomy horribly. A study would be an understatement. I didn't really study any. Anyway, so basically what happens is you've got this report from these scientists who claim that they know when the world is about to end. The only issue with this is that there's no way to know when the world is going to end because the world has never ended. There's no way to extrapolate cause and effect. Let me explain it. Let me explain it a, a little different way. If you have, say, for example, a bunch of 60 year olds who all have lung cancer and you interviewed them and you ran experiments and you and you looked at them and you got into their history and you found out that each of these 60 year olds had been smoking two packs of camels every day for 40 years since they were 20. You might say, you know what? There's some kind of correlation here. There's a correlation here. We believe based on the evidence and the research, based on the effect, uh, which is 60 year olds getting lung cancer and the cause, which seems to be in all of these cases, smoking two packs of camels a day for 40 years, we can determine that it's likely that smoking causes lung cancer. That's very, that's scientific. That's the way you, you, you take a hypothesis and you prove it and you do some research. The world, however, has never ended. It's been around for billions of years. The world has never ended. It's still here. I know. I was just there today. I just, I walked out into the world this morning. And I said, hey, look, we're all still here. It's never once ended. There is no way to know what will cause the end of the world. There is no way to know when the end of the world will be caused. There is no information that any scientist or self-proclaimed scientist can assess to prove the end of the world because we don't know what proves the end of the world because the world has never ended. We could, we could get swallowed up by a black hole. And that's not a racist statement. That's just what it's called. Uh, a black hole tomorrow. The sun could explode and our whole universe could, you know, get sucked into to a vortex. I don't even know. what. Uh, again, I, I told you I failed astronomy. But these guys are putting forth information saying that based on the current administration's uh, denial of climate change, removal of climate change from its websites, uh, their, their strong words on nuclear proliferation, and everything else, we're gonna we're saying we're closer to the end of time. They're scaring people into, I guess, going to their website. Now, basically, what this makes this is not a scientific report, but it makes it a PR stunt. Plain and simple. This is a fake news PR stunt. This is exact I know because PR stunt, that's what I do. That's what, I'm in more, I'm in like been a morning goofy radio DJ for 12 years, 20 years almost. Oh my god, has it been that long? I know uh, PR stunts. I, I go around the country. People hire me to come and speak to them and talk to them about getting publicity and getting press and writing press releases. And I tell people exactly what they've done here. This is a textbook example of what I tell people to do. I say, if you want to publicize your, you're going to get a little free information from me, by the way. If you want to publicize your book or your business or your website or your blog, if you're an actor or a singer, if you want to get, uh, you know, your music out there, if you're if you're looking for any kind of uh, any kind of TV or radio or press coverage whatsoever, 
I can tell you how to do that. Step one, you go to the Drudge Report, you look at the big headline, you find out what everyone's reading about and talking about, and you create a press release based on that information. The number one topic right now is Donald Trump's presidency. So these guys who are, 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 again, the bulletin of the atomic scientists who no one's ever heard of, nor have they cared about for a long, long time, decided to jump on the Trump train jump on the bandwagon, and they decided to get a little free publicity off of it. God bless them. It worked. Here we are talking about it. CBS, ABC, CNN, Fox News, everybody was reporting this. I even heard about it on local radio stations, that the doomsday clock, as if that was a real thing. Let me show you a picture. It's not even a real thing. Look at this. It's a piece of paper. Oh, wait, hold on. Where's my thing? It's a piece. Where's what happened to my, can you guys see me? It's a piece of paper. Where's the doomsday clock? There it is. That's what it looks like. The doomsday clock. A is. I mean, it's a piece of cardboard that these guys wrote on. They haven't even. They haven't even gotten uh, a real clock. They just use this piece of cardboard and they hold it up. And this is what we're we're supposed to be scared of. This. We're supposed to be afraid of this. We're supposed to look at this and say. Uh, you know, this is the end of the world that's going to be upon us very shortly. The doomsday clock. I don't know if you guys can, are you guys able to see this? I don't know if you can see that, see me or not. I feel like I'm having video problems. Are there video issues today? It's usually audio. Oh, wait, hold on. Let me close this. Oh, wait, now I got it. I figured it out. Hold on. Where is it? Okay, there it is. Bulletin, this is the this is the doomsday clock. It is one quarter of a clock. It's not even a full thing. It's not even a real working clock. It is a picture of a clock that says it's two and a half minutes to midnight with one old dude in glasses and one old dude without glasses holding it up. And this is what we're supposed to, this is science. This is supposed to be science. It's horrible. I mean, look, if you're going to, Here's the thing. It's 2017. If you're going to call something a doomsday clock, at least have a real clock. And you're going to put out a fake report. Look, I have a copy here. This is Harry Potter, okay? This is Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. This is the doomsday clock report. There is the same amount of factual information in both of these. In both of In fact, if you had all seven books, is it seven or eight? I think it's, is it eight? Seven. Hold on. How many books in the Harry Potter series? Somebody's going to know. If you had the entire Harry Potter series and stacked up and this report, they would have the same amount of factual information in them because this is based purely on conjecture, but it's put out as a, as a scientific report, a bulletin by these atomic scientists. So all I'm saying is beware the doomsday clock. Now, I'll be honest with you. I would like to come up with an alternative because, you know, they don't even have the real clock. They don't have the real thing. They're saying, you know, they've got this piece of cardboard. And let's face it, for a lot of Americans in red states, in rural areas, a lot of Donald Trump voters, a lot of the flyover country, people in Nebraska and Kentucky and Tennessee and Montana and even here in Florida, they don't use clocks to wake up. They don't use clocks. Uh, they wake up when the rooster crows. So for the deplorables out there who voted for Trump, who don't believe this kind of malarkey, instead of the doomsday, doomsday clock, I would like to introduce you to the doomsday cock. The doomsday cock. 
because that is how a lot of us know when it's time to wake up. That's how a lot of us know we're in trouble. Remember the Bible? When the cock throws crows three times, uh, that's it, man. You'll deny Christ before the cock th- crows three times. There's two. I would like to say that because of recent statements made by the president and because of his denial of climate change, we are just one cock crow away from the doomsday cock, uh, you know, telling us that the world is all over. Beware. Beware. By the way, the doomsday cock, just about as relevant and accurate as the doomsday clock. And, uh, and I, will, I will stand behind that. I haven't written a report yet. But that'll be next. I'm going to write a I'm going to write a report saying that the doomsday cock is now one crow closer to the end of the world. Oh, there, one more. I have a question. Does the doomsday clock follow daylight savings time? Because in about six weeks, we're all going to leap forward an hour. And if we're only two and a half hours till midnight, we are all totally screwed. In about six weeks, when we change for daylight savings time, we're instead of two and a half minutes to midnight, we're going to be fifty-seven and a half minutes past midnight. Have they have they taken into that into account? Let me read the report. I see nothing about day, daylight savings time, and they're in Chicago, so you know that. Oh, of course they're in Chicago. Of course, that makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense that the doomsday clock uh, would be in would be in Chicago. All right, so that's that's my first step. Beware the doomsday cock. Beware the doomsday cock and the clock because it's all it's all fake news. Let's get to some real news, shall we? Let's get to some real news. First of all, I want to uh, I want to show you this. Oh, I don't know if I I don't know if I got. Let me let me pull this up quickly. Uh, there's an image that I want to share with you because I think it's very important, and I want to. It illustrates two things. First of all, it illustrates Trumponomics. Here it is: the Dow Jones Industrial Average, twenty thousand. 20,000. I meant to mention this the other day. I didn't have time. The Dow Jones Industrial Average now at 20,000. That is the highest it's ever been. The Dow Jones Industrial Average has never been this high in the history of the Dow Jones Industrial Average. It was so high yesterday that it ate an entire pepperoni pizza and a whole bag of Funyuns uh, and then passed out while listening to Pink Floyd records. It's just a bad... This is the bad marijuana joke. Uh, but 20, And this is all due to Donald Trump. Now, Donald Trump, of course, in a tweet and Donald Trump's advisors in several tweets took credit for this. They said this is the Trump effect, that uh, a lot of American businesses, a lot of American corporations, a lot of American business owners and investors are seeing that we have a bright future ahead of us economically because of Donald Trump's current policies and his promised policies. All right, fair enough. You know what happened in the media? The media went after Donald Trump. They said never before has a president ever taken credit for the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Never before has a president ever claimed that his or her, well, I guess I can just say his because we never had a female president, that his policies are the reason for an increase in the in the stock market. And the reason for that is if they take credit for an increase or a bull market, that they should also take the blame for a bear market or a decrease or a drop in stock prices. And no president has ever wanted to do that. Well, Donald Trump is not not like any president we've ever seen. You know what else the press is really angry about Donald Trump for? Trump for, for not waving. Hi, did you see these stories? Donald Trump, let me, let me take this down so that you can see me wave. Uh, Donald Trump has stopped waving, or he didn't wave when he got on Air Force One. Apparently, as he was flying to Philadelphia the other day, it was his first trip as president on Air Force One. 
first official trip and the press corps is there and they've got cameras trained on them because, you know, they've got nothing better to do. And Donald Trump is walking up the steps and he's getting onto the plane. And as he gets to the door of the plane, he does something completely unheard of, completely unheard of. You know what he does as he gets to the threshold of Air Force One? He walks through it and goes and takes his seat on the plane. The press ridiculously up in arms. Why? Because he didn't turn and wave. Every president, apparently, who's ever flown on Air Force One from George Washington, all right, maybe not George Washington. When when did the right, well, whatever. Every president who's ever boarded Air Force One for the first time has turned and waved at the press corps. And they get a little shot of the president waving as he boards Air Force One. And Donald Trump, like a normal person, like a normal person, not like an egomaniac, not like a like a sociopath, not like someone who's so so full of himself, walks onto a plane and does what you do and does what I do and does what thousands and thousands of people every single day does. We walk onto a plane, we go through the door and we take a seat. But because he didn't wave, I mean, and it wasn't just like one story. It was tweets all, I mean, for days, tweets for days. If you go on Twitter and you search for Donald Trump not waving at the press, you would have thought this was even bigger than uh, this was even bigger than when he told that one reporter that uh, he was fake news. You are fake news. Was it uh, the guy from CNN? You are fake news. Acosta, Jim Acosta. That was a firestorm. This Twitter firestorm over Donald Trump not waving. I mean, Donald Trump doesn't like the media. The media doesn't like him. Why on earth would he turn and wave to you guys as he's getting on a plane? He's probably thrilled that he's getting away from you for a little while. You are fake news. I mean, he's got to he's got to get on his plane and meet with people and prepare for a big speech. And he's going to see the all the Republicans. And I'm sure they're going to be powwowing. And look, he's the most powerful man in the in the entire world. You're upset that he didn't wave at you. That's exactly what the that's exactly what happened in the media. They're 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 upset that Donald Trump is getting us closer to some kind of fake doomsday number. They're upset that Donald Trump isn't waving at them. And they're upset that Donald Trump is taking credit for the economy, for the stock market growing to the highest point ever. Instead of saying, wow, there might be something to this. We elected this guy president and and we're, we're reaching these record levels of growth, of economic prosperity. And most importantly, because the stock market is a measure of what? Consumer confidence. When you have a $20,000 Dow Jones Industrial Average, that is consumer confidence. That means that people are confident that they will have money and confident that they will be able to spend money. And when you have high consumer confidence, you have a strong economy because people are out there doing exactly that. They're buying cars. They're buying houses. They're buying, you know, God, Xboxes. They're buying liquor. They're buying whatever else they can buy up. And that means that more small businesses can hire more people. It's, well, you've got to pump money, money into the economy. And if the Dow Jones Industrial Average is low and the consumer confidence is low, then people, what? They save their money. They hoard it. They don't go out to the movies. They don't go out to the bars. They don't trade in their old car for a new one. They, stay at, they don't go to the movies. They watch DVDs or Netflix at home. They don't go to restaurants. They, they eat leftovers and all that other crap. It's a, it's a, it's a cycle. And it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Low Dow Jones Industrial Average is continued economic slump. High Dow Jones Industrial Average means that we are going to have continued economic prosperity. But Donald Trump taking credit for it? Ooh, that's unprecedented. That's unheard of. We can't have that at all. 
we cannot have that at all. You know, a lot of people, I've, and I feel bad because I don't, okay, let me, let me rephrase that. I don't feel bad at all. But I feel like more and more often people are asking me why I like Donald Trump. And this first week in office, I mean, it really solidifies it. I've read a couple of articles about this man's work ethic. And one of the big problems that they're having at the White House is the staff has to readjust their scheduling. For example, every person is different. Every president is different. Uh, you had you had Barack Obama. You know, he'd wake up early. He'd get to the Oval Office. But he said, every night, I want to have dinner with my kids at 6 p.m. And so at 6 p.m., they basically shut everything down. Dinner had to be on the table. He would wander into his office later on, like around 9 or 10, send some more emails, uh, you know, via Hillary's private server. And, you know, maybe he'd sign some more executive orders, whatever he could do before bed. And then he'd go to sleep. He'd wake up the next morning and do it all again. George W. Bush, that dude woke up early, got his wife coffee, by the way. He's got a house full of servants. He still got his wife coffee because I don't know if you know this. That guy's whipped. And uh, anyway, and then he would go to work. George W. Bush said, told his staff he was done at 6 p.m. Done. He had dinner and he was in bed by 9.30, 10 o'clock. 9.30 or 10 o'clock in the morning, George W. Bush was in bed, or 10, 10, 10 o'clock at night, rather. George Bush was in bed every single night. Donald Trump, polar opposite. This dude, this dude runs on four, potentially five, if necessary, hours of sleep a night. He wakes up before 6 He's got meetings scheduled for 6 a.m. He's already up and working and thinking clearly. He works all the way through dinner. Think about this. His wife, Melania, still in New York with Barron throughout the school year. He's a bachelor. He's living in a bachelor pad. The White House is a, is a bachelor retreat where he can get so much work done because he doesn't have anyone bothering him. Well, you know, except for the reporters that are like, why don't, why don't you wave at us? Notice me. Notice me. He works throughout. He's got meetings scheduled all day long. He's signing this order. He's getting stuff done. They say that the staff doesn't know what to do with him because he he never exercises. He says exercise is a drain. I'm doing giving speeches. I'm talking to people. I'm walking around. I'm in meetings all day. I don't want to drain my energy. I get enough exercise just being me, just doing the day-to-day tasks. And in this first week, the number of the number of strategies and campaign promises and agenda items that he's already implemented that he's started that he's, that he's spearheaded. He already took a trip to Philadelphia. He's meeting today with Prime Minister May from Great Britain, hosting it. He hosted senators and congresspeople and CEO heads in the White House. It's, it's been a ridiculously productive first week for Donald Trump. And that is one of the reasons when people ask me, why do you like Donald Trump? That is one of the reasons I say, because of his work ethic, because the man makes bold promises. He keeps them. And he works his butt off every single day, doesn't waste a minute, gets whatever he needs to get done. And does he have problems in his personal life? Sure. Does his face look kind of orange? Yes. Has he said some crude things in the past? All of this is true. Does he not act presidential? Is he like no other president we've had in history? Of course. Every president is like no other president we've had in history because everybody is different. Barack Obama was different than George W. Bush. George W. Bush was different than Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton was different than George H.W. Bush and Reagan and Carter and Ford and Nixon. And how much farther can I go back before I get them all out of order? Every person is different, but it doesn't mean that they're not effective. Donald Trump in his first week has been ridiculously effective. 
He has been incredible. Look, there, here, there's this article from uh, Politico on the uh, on the Drudge Report. Trump's huge week one. And they go through everything that happened, the good and the bad, and they rate it by immediate impact and, and, uh, and potential importance. I'll be honest with you. I disagree with their rating system, but the, but the article's long. And the article's long because Donald Trump has been one busy president this week. He's been getting to work. On The View, they said maybe he knows he's going to be impeached in, impeached soon, so he's got to try to get everything done quickly. Maybe he knows that uh, he's got a limited amount of time, four to eight years, and he wants to get as much done as possible, and he wants to get it done as quickly as possible, too, to uh, solidify that he'll have another four years when this four years is over. He started off here. Let's go through these one by one. He started off with the Obamacare order. This is from the Politico. Trump's first executive order on Inauguration Day directed his agencies to do whatever they could, quote, to the maximum extent permitted by law to minimize the impact of Obamacare until it can be repealed. That was day one. Day one, he kept his promise that on day one, he would begin to repeal Obamacare. How many presidents on day one start keeping their promises? Very few. That was the, that was the same day he was inaugurated. Denying mortgage relief. Okay, they say denying mortgage relief, but basically he canceled a rebate. He canceled a discount. A discount was supposed to go through for mortgage uh, for uh, for first time home buyers on their mortgage insurance, and he canceled that that rebate. So he didn't deny mortgage relief. He just said we're not gonna we're not gonna we're not gonna issue it anymore. He's not he's not taking money out of people's pockets. It's money they would have to pay anyway. They're just not getting uh, a a cut a, a cutback that Barack Obama wanted to give them. And this is not a bad thing because remember what happened the last time we started giving mortgages to people that couldn't afford them. Remember what happened last time we started discounting mortgages and lowering the amount of money you needed to put down on a house. Whole economy almost collapsed, and George W. Bush can't be blamed anymore. Uh, crowd size. Lies. Oh, this is the, they're talking about the lies of the crowd size at the White House. Let me ask you a question. This is important. Do you remember during the election? It wasn't that long ago. Hopefully you do. If you remember during the election, do you remember, do you remember all of the polls that said Hillary Clinton was 20 points ahead? Do you remember all of the polls that said Hillary Clinton was winning Pennsylvania and Hillary Clinton was winning Wisconsin and Hillary Clinton was winning uh, Michigan and Hillary Clinton was pummeling Donald Trump and uh, African-Americans weren't going to vote for Trump and women weren't going to vote for Donald Trump. And it was unsure whether or not Donald Trump could even carry the evangelical vote. Florida was a toss up state for uh, was it North Carolina was a toss up state. Ohio was a toss up state. Everywhere you turned, all you saw, every single poll, Nate Silver's poll, uh, was it Rasmussen, all of them, every single poll said that Donald Trump was a goner and he won the Electoral College at 2.30 in the morning. He won Florida, he won North Carolina, he won Ohio, all three toss-up states. He won Michigan, he won Pennsylvania, and he won Wisconsin, three states that no Republican had won in decades, Okay. Talk about, talk about lying about crowd size. Let's talk about that. Let's, let's talk about the lies that the press handed us every single day for months during the election about crowd size. The voting, the turnout for this election for Hillary Clinton is going to be huge, ridiculous. She's going to win in a landslide and instead she lost. She lost places where no Democrat has lost in 20, 30, 40 years. 
It was an embarrassing loss. And and we questioned the polls. The polls are wrong. The polls are never wrong. Look at these polls. You can't tell me every single poll is wrong. Well, guess what? Every single poll is wrong. So if you are going to sit there and tell me that Donald Trump did not have a bigger crowd than Barack Obama, I would just like to point you to every poll that I read over the last nine, uh, 10 months that told me uh, Hillary Clinton had way more voters than Donald Trump. That also turned out to be... How is, how is this... How is this more relevant or more factual than any claims Donald Trump has made on crowd size at the inauguration? This is not. This is being heralded as, as real news. This is fake news. This is, up, this is probably even worse than the fake golden shower report that BuzzFeed and CNN reported on. Because this could actually harm people. People could get frightened by this. People could have panic attacks and increased anxiety and start taking medication and even commit suicide. People could be totally freaked out when you say the doomsday clock is closer to global annihilation because of Donald Trump. That's irresponsible. That is 100% irresponsible. The Golden Shower Report, sure, it was funny, but it only really hurt Donald Trump and, uh, you know, uh, the reputation of a couple of Russian prostitutes. And also probably whoever had to change the bedsheets at the Ritz-Carlton Moscow, uh, if, if that had been real. Those are the only people that would have been affected by it. This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. The fact that this is news, but Donald Trump's inauguration uh, numbers report or anything, it's just, anyway, let me move on because I'm starting to get, starting to get all riled up. Abandoning free trade. Donald Trump has not abandoned free trade. As I reread these headlines, I just realized how biased this, this reporting is. Abandoning free trade. Another one of Trump's early orders announced his intention to withdraw from the Trans-Pacific Partnership and renegotiate the North American Free Trade Agreement. Neither one of these is abandoning free trade. One of them is withdrawing from a pact that would put us in an inferior position to bargain our trade agreements with Asia, the number one largest exporter of everything. Pretty much any crap you want to buy comes from Asia, either Taiwan or China or Japan or both or all three. And we don't want to be on the raw end of that deal. That's a very important place for us to be. And by not inking any kind of horrible agreement that puts us on the defensive for the rest of eternity, Donald Trump is actually doing a good thing. He's not abandoning fair trade. He's guaranteeing fair trade. And NAFTA, forget about it. Forget about it. This whole wall, this whole thing with Mexico. Let's talk about, let's talk about Mexico. Mexico had a, they were, the spotlight was on Mexico this week because of another one of Donald Trump's uh, campaign promises and agenda items that he started working diligently on the border wall. All right. This is another thing. How many times did we hear reports that Donald Trump was going to abandon the wall? The wall was just a way for him to get elected. He's lying to you, deplorables. He's lying to you, Republicans. There will be no wall. It's impossible. It's not feasible. It's cost ineffective. And Mexico will never, ever pay for it. Well, this week, Donald Trump wrote an executive order and he made a plan, put forth an effort to begin building the wall. He already has bids coming in. He's already tabulated a plan to raise taxes from products imported from Mexico by 20%, which would create billions of dollars, plenty of which, plenty enough to build the wall. He's also put forth a plan to hire 5,000 new Border Patrol agents. He's put an end to sanctuary cities. Miami, by the way, is completely complying with that executive order. A lot of cities are blowing smoke. New York, uh, Seattle, 
was it Los Angeles, even Austin, Texas. But Miami, Florida, the mayor of Miami, Florida said, you know what? We will comply. We will use our police officers and our municipal funds to help thwart the, the, uh, the, uh, the, the uh, problem of illegal immigration because it affects everybody. Here in Florida, very much so, throughout the country, it affects everybody. So Donald Trump puts forth this plan for Mexico to build the wall, to, to uh, put a tax on them, and all of a sudden... People are saying, wait a minute, Donald Trump is abandoning fair trade. He's not, he's making it actually more fair. The president of Mexico withdrew from a meeting. Okay. They were supposed to have a big Donald Trump and, and uh, El Presidente, uh, what's his name, Pieto. They were supposed to have this big, like a summit, El Summito, where they were going to hablar con each other about all things Mexican and United States-ish. And they were going to figure out a plan for the wall and immigration and trade. And when Donald Trump started tweeting, I have a plan. Mexico will pay for this wall. We will stop the inflow of, uh, of, of terrorism and uh, terrorists and criminals and illegals. I mean, and when you think about it, everybody who comes across the border illegally, they are a criminal. They're, 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 they're basically committing a crime. All, we're going to stop all that. And they're going to have this big summit. And then what happened was after these tweets came out, uh, El Presidente de Mexico pulled it. He canceled the meeting. He went on Twitter and said, no, I will not meet with Donald Trump. He is very bad man. That, that, turned, into like a, that turned into like a Russian accent. Whatever. Accents, I'm not, not my best thing. So they canceled this meeting. Well, here's the thing. Don't worry about the United States. We'll be okay. Mexico, on the other hand, they need us more than we need them. If we build a wall and never talk to Mexico again, what do we lose? We lose avocados. We lose tequila. uh, We lose a good amount of cocaine. All right. Granted, without those three things, Cinco de Mayo will suck. It's going to be horrible. No guacamole, no tequila shooters, no cocaine. Cinco de Mayo will not be my favorite holiday anymore. But we will survive. Mexico, on the other hand, first of all, their peso has crashed as a result of, of this meeting being canceled, almost immediately, as soon as the president of Mexico canceled the meeting with President Trump, the peso just plummeted. As opposed to our Dow Jones Industrial Average, which is, which is climbing sky high. So Mexico, Mexico borders three countries. You know what they are? Anyone know what they are? The United States of America, Guatemala, and Belize. Okay? The United States of America... Guatemala and Belize. Those are Mexico's three neighbors. So Belize, you, me, it is in their best interest to have a strong, working, cordial, friendly relationship with their neighbors to the north. Because I believe that we buy a lot more avocados, tequila, and cocaine than either of those other countries. I'm just saying. Also, I'd like to point out, because this came up on my newsfeed the other day, Photos of the southern border, you know how we're building this wall on the northern border of Mexico, which is like this big? The southern border of Mexico is like this big. It's like 150, 200 miles. They have a fence along the entire southern border of Mexico. And they have guards and patrols. And they have signs that say, if you cross this border illegally, we will shoot you in the face. Again, it's a horrible, it's a horrible Mexican accent. I, I apologize. Uh, lo siento. But... The fact of the matter is they protect their southern border the way we want to protect our southern border, but because they don't care about Guatemala or Belize because nothing good is coming to them from Guatemala, they want a, a, they want a good border with or they want a good relationship with us on the on their northern border. And that's why they're so... When someone walks away from the negotiating table, you've got them right where you want them. 
Trust me, that's what my boss always tells me when it's time to renegotiate uh, my contract. All right, let's do a couple more. We're, we're already like 44 minutes in. Let's do a couple more and then uh, we'll wrap this up. But but I'll tell you, the, the one thing I really admire about, oh, the federal hiring freeze. Let's mention that quickly. Federal hiring freeze, and we'll also we'll also group this together with the Twitter ban. The federal hiring fee freeze was something that Donald Trump said he was going to do, and he did. And it, people, a lot of people, because I'm I lived in D.C. for a while. I I know a lot of people that work for the government. My father-in-law worked for the government for years, and a lot of people they mistake a federal hiring freeze with like corporate layoffs, for example. A lot of people are like, "Well, I'm going to lose my job," and that's not at all what Donald Trump said. He froze hiring. He didn't order and demand layoffs. He basically said, what's happening now is we are not hiring anyone new. That's a hiring freeze. If you have a job, you can keep it. Unlike Obamacare and your doctor. Okay. That's the different difference. Uh, Obamacare, you could keep your doctor. Couldn't uh, with a job freeze. You can keep your job. They are just not hiring anybody new to do the work. You may have to do a little bit more work, but welcome to the world. Welcome to do you know how many people we haven't hired where I work in the last three years? Do you know how many extra duties we all have? We're not complaining. We'd rather be on this side of the employment line than the other side or the unemployment line than the other side. So it's a hiring freeze. Any workers that are, that are, uh, or any jobs that are, that are, that are going to be, um, what do you call it? Uh, if they're going to be dissolved, any positions that are going to be dissolved will be through attrition, which means as people retire, as they as they quit, as they phase out. So the older people in government, as they retire, their job, they just won't be replaced. Nobody's losing a job over this. We're just all saving money as a government. And then, so the federal hiring freeze, oh, by the way, after putting forth this federal hiring freeze, uh, Donald Trump announced that he was actually hiring more federal workers in the way of border patrol agents, guards for the border, because he's building a great big wall. He needs someone to protect it. So this, this hiring freeze federally is not for the military. It's not for anyone deemed vital to national security or public safety. It's just for, you know, people who sit around taking money, doing very little work on projects that probably aren't really necessary. You know who you are, people. You know who you are. Taking your, with your 328 accumulated vacation days. I know how that works. I know, you know how so many people retire from the government years early because they have accumulated so many days. So if you work for the government, all of your vacation days just roll over. So if you don't take vacation for a couple of years, you could potentially take a month off and come right back and go right back to work. That's what Donald Trump's plan is, to get people out of that whole system, to bring down the federal workforce, not by firing people, but by freezing the hiring of new people. Then there's this other thing about this Twitter ban, which this is such fake news, man. I can't even believe it. There's some of the uh, some of the federal Twitter accounts were uh, one of them was what was the first one? Let me find it here. Oh, silence silencing federal employees. Here's the other bias headline: Donald Trump did not silence federal employees. Neither did the White House. In fact, the White House and Donald Trump have nothing to do with the story. But uh, one of the things that dominated was the Badlands National Park Twitter account, which was shut down after airing a series of troubling facts about climate change that did not exactly promote Trump's messaging on the issue. This, again, comes from the Politico. And what's happening here is you have an old employee who still has access to the account going on and tweeting out information about climate change, which Donald Trump's administration does not promote or agree with. 
And so whoever at the Badlands National Park Service shut down the account and a lot of other branches and a lot of other, uh, you know, the EPA, NASA, a lot of these other Twitter accounts that are run by by uh, government agencies of which Donald Trump is the chief executive started mandating that, uh, you know, they could no longer tweet out information or they started reviewing the facts or they just clamped down on whatever tweets that were were going public. And so these rogue accounts started uh, popping up, unofficial NASA. And, you know, uh, there was another one for the EPA. And all these people are like, you, can, you can't silence us, Donald Trump. You can shut down our Twitter, but you can't silence us. We will get the truth out. And Donald Tr- Trump is sitting around like, WTF, what are you people talking about? If there's anybody who knows about Twitter and not being silenced, it's Donald Trump. It's a fake news story. And also, I'd like to point out, it is not any violation of anyone's First Amendment rights. The First Amendment of the Constitution does not give you the right to tweet falsehoods or misinformation from a government account should you work for the government. Just like any other business. If you tried, if your your business has a Facebook account or a Twitter account or an Instagram account, whether it's private or public, I guarantee... I guarantee somewhere you have some kind of social media policy and there are social media guidelines. Everyone has them. Everybody has them. And if you follow those social media guidelines, if you were in charge of your social media account, no problem. Fantastic. Great news for everybody. You're, you're right in line with the company goals. You're work, helping the company on their mission statement. You are not a threat. You are not going rogue. Same thing works with the government. When you have a president, he's the boss. His messages are going to get out. And if you try to alter those messages or tweet messages that are not in line with the, uh, the government agency that you happen to work for, guess what? They're going to shut you down, just like any other business. It is not a violation of your First Amendment rights. You can go out in the street and start yelling facts. You can uh, print your own newspaper. You could start your own Twitter account if you want. All perfectly fine. But the government has the right to control and also the responsibility to control the flow of information coming from its various uh, branches. And this is, again, this is why I like Donald Trump. When people ask me, because Donald Trump works it, man. He gets in there and he's working it. From day one, he's working it. He is working it. He's getting everything that he promised done. He has a a clear and concise list. We all heard it. Make America strong again. Make America rich again. Make America great again. And he is working it. And I like to think that I work it too. I like to think that I work. I work it like Donald. Look at that. W-I-L-D. Working it like Donald. I I don't know if you know this about me. I wake up every... This is the second show I do. I do a four-hour show every morning. Starting at 5.30 a.m. I get off of that show. I start working on this one. I do an hour here. Then there's editing and videos. And, you know, I coach my kids' football team. My wife is always ordering furniture from Wayfair and Ikea that I have to put together. The garage has to get... There's a lot of work that goes into my life every day. And from 4.30 a.m. to 10 or 11 o'clock at night, I am working it like Donald. I am wild. Wild, I tell you. And you should be, too. Work it like Donald Trump. Because from 6 a.m. to however long it takes, each and every day, he will be in the White House. He will not be on the golf course. He will be in the White House. I guarantee he will never see Camp David. Vacation is not in the man's uh, lexicon. He is going to be in the White House working it like Donald Trump works it. And he's going to be making America great again as a result. And that is why, that is why I like Donald Trump. Not because of the stupid things he says, not because he's an egomaniac and so am I, not because he sells steak and water, none of that. Not because he has a hot wife. 
I like him because he works hard. He makes promises and he keeps them. He is wild. He's working it like Donald. And I like to think that I'm wild too. And I want my kids to be wild when they're older. I want them to know the importance of keeping a promise and working for, you know, to make sure that your goals are met, no matter what kind of obstacles you overcome. Work it like Donald. Be wild. Be wild. Hey, this would be a good time to let you know that the official Working It Like Donald Wild t-shirts are available now on uh, Teespring. Working It Like Donald t-shirts, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to put up the, um, I'm going to go ahead and put up in the description of this video, if you would like to purchase one, a link. You just go to, let me put wild T, just go to teespring.com slash wild shirt. And you can get your own. These are available for a limited time only. As you can see, they're only available till Thursday. And let's all be wild together. Let's, I just ordered mine today. It's on the way. This is fun, isn't it? This is fun. I've really enjoyed this. I've enjoyed today. Uh, and you know, hopefully, good Lord willing, the doomsday cock will not crow. And we will all be around to do this again uh, tomorrow. Thanks so much for joining me. Jo please, for the love of God. Please, for the love of God, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. I'm going to put the link up there, too. Uh, it's real easy, though. Just, just just search for Mark K. Show on iTunes. Have a great weekend. I will not be broadcasting this weekend. I will, however, uh, I will, however, be back on Monday with an all-new episode. So thanks so much for everything. I love you guys. Have a great weekend. Yay!